Hey everybody, it's Jake, and I'm alone in the basement. Uh, today, for this podcast, I'm actually uh, interviewing someone I've wanted to interview for a long time, ever since I switched it over to just wrestling. So this one's this one's cool for me. Uh, he's one of my favorite local wrestlers, which is another big plus. I'm going to be talking to the natural Nick Sullivan. Uh, this is a guy from the first time I ever saw him live. I just... I felt that connection of this is a dude that I really enjoy and I'm so lucky to be able to see wrestle so close to me. So, uh, you know the deal by now. Just uh, stick through the ad and then on the way back, I'll be talking to Nick Sullivan and I'm I'm really pumped and you should be too. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll be back. All right, everybody. We're back and we are with the natural Nick Sullivan. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for reaching out to me and wanting to interview me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Like I was saying in the intro, you're, you're a person I've really wanted to talk to you for a while. I just wanted to get better at this before I popped you on out of fear of screwing something up. Ah, oh, dude, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're just uh, going to head right into this. Um, I know you were an amateur wrestler for a long, long time. Was that something yeah. you got into first, or was pro wrestling like a first love that like went into that? Well, when I was a little kid, uh, around like, I think I started wrestling, watching wrestling when I was four, so I was always a big fan of pro wrestling, but then um, when I started learning about amateur wrestling at a young age, I got into amateur wrestling and obviously transitioned from amateur wrestling into pro wrestling. So I was always, always had a passion for pro wrestling, but I want to start out with amateur wrestling first because, like you think about it, at a, at a young age, there really isn't any pro wrestling training when you're like seven, eight, <laughs> ten years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not without going in the backyard and possibly screwing yeah, yeah, something yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> That's not. I trust my my brothers and I. Uh, I've uh, three younger brothers. We used to put holes in the walls, break beds, <laughs> teach other DVD players, VCRs when we were younger. So, oh yeah, I I experienced it all. Now, um, I know, like I was saying just a second ago, you, you wrestled for a long time before you went pro. Uh, how far did you go with that? Because you were just saying you started young. Um, I wrestled since I was, I don't know what age, but I got wrestled in high school. I actually did freestyle and Greco first, which is Olympic-style wrestling. After high school, I wrestled in college, and during off-season of collegiate wrestling, I would do freestyle and Greco do a lot of the international tournaments, wrestle overseas. I wrestle in Puerto Rico, Germany, all over Canada. Um, after I graduated college, continued doing freestyle and Greco. Because the thing with me was, I, when growing up watching pro wrestling, I always knew it was WCW, WWE, ECW, Impact, well, TNA wrestling. I never knew there was independent wrestling. Like, I've heard of 2CW, but I really never knew what the proper protocols were, the transition from amateur wrestling, international-style wrestling, to pro wrestling. Um, it was about two and a half years ago when I knew I didn't really want to do amateur, well, freestyle and Groco wrestling anymore. I wanted to transition into pro wrestling, and that's when I know this is going to be the next question, which I was transitioning. I got a chance to talk to uh, Mark House. Um, when he used to wrestle for UPW Wrestling, and that's actually where I actually started my initial training. Okay, this is a side question that, uh, that has to do with uh, amateur. How hard was it to go from freestyle and Greco-Roman back to folk style? Because I imagine that being such a hard thing to remember, oh, I can't throw. Um, <laughs> oh, it was really difficult. <laughs> I, uh, I got transitioned from freestyle and Greco 
to folk style back and forth. I got used to it, but there was always a part of me where I knew if I had a guy in a certain maneuver, if I had him in a certain grip, it was just a flip of a switch will flip. I immediately go for a five point throw. I know if I'm in um, folk style wrestling, if I get up on a certain amount of points, then I'll be honest, I'll wrestle like a like a dickhead. I'll do like certain throws and stuff. <laughs> or if we call a cost, whatever, I'll push out of bounds. I act like a jackass because my goal was. I know as hard as I trained, I would train year-round. As hard as I trained, someone would train 10 times harder. But, no, it, it was difficult because there, there were a lot of instances where I'd always, I would always forget, too. And that's like, shit. <laughs> Especially when it comes to body locks and stuff like that. There's so many. And it seems like constantly as the years went by, and as the years go by, we always change the rules in, in all three styles. So it's a, it's a never-ending uh, transition, I guess you could say. Now, was the Olympics ever a goal? At one point it was, but I always knew when I would do freestyle and grapple, I always wanted to be in the, like, get into pro wrestling. Okay. Because literally at one point, it's like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. And if I was, I was watch wrestling, obviously I watch wrestling 24-7. I'm like, you know, this is, I want to do this. And when you lose your pass for something, especially something that I've done since at a young age, that's when you know it's like, hey, it's, it's time to get into something else. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Once you you lose it, I mean, you you can't force it back. No matter how much you Not try, once the fire's out, I mean, you gotta walk like away. I, yeah, and I've I've had people tell me like, oh, yeah, you should do a term or, or so. I'm like, and yeah, no, I mean, I'll probably get disqualified very fast. <laughs> I go for a move, drop the guy, and ponder to the crowd, curse out the fans, uh, throw a chair at somebody, so I'm like, yeah, I'll watch, or I'll, I'll help out if anybody needs helping out, like, when it comes to coach or anything, but, uh, and me and, uh, amateur wrestling, those days are, those days are long gone. That's, I still respect the sport, though. Yeah, that was like, um, I, uh, I train BJJ very sporadically. It's been a couple years since I hit the mats, but I remember oh, yeah. going to an, uh, you know, a NAGA tournament, and when someone said the rules, oh, you can't throw. And I was like, well, there goes any chance I had of just entering for the fuck of it. (laughs) Because I was like, well, I can't really, you know, I don't really know a lot of submissions, but I know how to throw suplexes, and you've just taken away my entire offense. (laughs) (laughs) So it's almost like there's no point to enter in a tournament if you, you know, if you can't do what you're good at, then why even do it? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, Now, as you mentioned, you were were starting out in in UPW. um, Yeah. Did you ever, like, question during training if this was the right decision to make? Because I'm sure it's got to be – I mean, I'm sure it helps, but it's got to be night and day. Now, could you uh, elaborate more? Like, you mean, like – Sorry. Like, pro <laughs> wrestling in general? No, dude, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, like, when you – yeah, when you were training to become a pro wrestler, and I, I – I mean, having an amateur background helps, but sometimes people who, in that background still don't make it. So did you Very ever true. did you ever question if this was like the right thing for you? Oh no, never. Not an answer me ever question. I knew once right when I got in, because again, too, even when it came to training, I was took took a, took it as pro like amateur wrestling. You have to be very disciplined, be uh, willing and able to learn. This my issue when I started out was I would go way too hard, meaning when it came to moves. Like, I, as you know, I'm not a tiny guy, and I'm very strong, so I'm going for a move. I'm legit going through for a move. I'll never forget one time at practice, we're, we're just doing something. The guy said suplex, 
and I immediately gave him a five-point throw. And it was like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, you said suplex. So it's like, what's going on? Um, I remember when I was first starting out, Mark was such a great trainer, and uh, he was able to help me transition and adapt my style into pro wrestling. Like, again, too, I'd always keep my eyes and ears open, always pay attention and learn. Uh, just I was very passionate and very determined, which I still am today. Just I knew, like, this is 100% what I wanted. And what I do want, and my goal since day one, is to get signed and be wrestling in the bigger crowd stadiums. Just work hard, just do whatever I can, whatever it takes, and just just be that guy. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. Uh, in practice, did you ever hit Carolyn's lift? No. Because <laughs> I could, to- no. I could totally see you pulling that off. And if anyone <laughs> doesn't know what that is, just Google it. It's probably. One of the most terrifying Greco-Roman moves that can be done. <laughs> that probably kill somebody. Oh, dude. And Carolyn was such a scary, scary fucking dude. Oh, my God. And, um... Oh, my God. What's he doing now? Does he, does he do stuff with Putin, I believe, right? Yeah, I think he's, he's some type of, like, government, like, gym affair. He does something... He does some weird <clears throat> government job regarding, like either wrestling or just, like, sports and, like, sports education or something like that. Oh, yeah. And, it, like, I remember growing up, like, he was what Brock Lesnar is, basically. Yeah. But, like, I just remember. And the thing is, though, too, I'm sorry to backtrack. When it comes to certain throws, like, I know, depending, like, when it comes to positioning and stuff, I get anybody any type of throw when it comes to wrestling. But you know how wrestling is? If the guy's not comfortable taking a move where they say oh i could take this move that move they go for the move on the the fucking become squirrely and you end up dropping and breaking their shoulder then you get that bad rap you know what i mean oh i know so, what you mean also i feel like it depends on too uh the type of talent you work with um especially if it's a vector comfortable take the move because i know you've seen me rust before I'm, I'm a very aggressive when it comes to my move set and throwing and certain takedowns but I know if I got, I've done it, I've done it before in freestyle ground. I know if I did a pro wrestling, one one wrong move, the guy gets dropped on his head. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, and I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, yeah, because I mean that Carolyn did that to people on the mats, and I know oh, what yeah. you mean about people going scrolling stuff. Uh, during my short time wrestling, I remember it was the spot was for me to go for a German, and he was gonna help himself up off the mat, and we were gonna go for it. And then when I went, he got scared. So he was oh, just God. sandbagging me. And uh, that was like one of the times when I was first starting to watch Daisuke Sekimoto. I was like, well, I've seen mm-hmm. him deadlift German enough people. I'm sure I oh, can yeah. do it. And I did it. And he was just scared shitless as we were going up and over. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, no, I've, I've gotten people with deadlift Germans for real reverse lift, power bounce, all that good stuff. That's the one thing, too, like when it came to training. I would think of it, obviously, as wrestling practice. So I, I would do the pro wrestling stuff, then transition to my amateur stuff. I remember a lot of times I would ask Mark, I'm like, hey, after practice, I go live with a couple of guys just so I could get a good sweat in, like, just practice takedowns and stuff like that. So, no, I, I, I totally get what you mean. But, again, too, there's some guys that um, I feel like they get a little too, I guess, their ego gets in the way, and the guy can weigh like a, say so you get like 180 pounds, and let's say you weigh like 255, you're like, oh, I'm going to abuse you. I'm like, oh, you can't throw me. It's like, oh, really? Okay. I might have to shoot on you. Because there, there's been a couple occasions, though, that uh, 
I've had a shoot with a couple guys for real because, yeah, it's pro wrestling all work together and everything like that. But I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I ain't no chump. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. And, and people sometimes I think might look at it as, oh, you know, the aspect of, of shooting or hooking or anything like that is, is dead and gone, which isn't the case because at this point we probably have more wrestlers that have, than have we've ever had at any point in history. There's so many companies, there's so many wrestlers, and with pro wrestling comes people with egos. And yep. there's a lot of guys who think that they're the biggest or the baddest they're the toughest or the strongest until they come up against somebody who isn't going to take their shit, and that doesn't always yeah. end well for them. <laughs> And that's a problem too. Like you always have to be willing and willing and able to to an extent to be able to work with somebody like me. I know what I'm capable of doing, but I'll be more than happy to have a great match with somebody. That's the thing is too. Like you said, egos. Like it's pro wrestling. I'm like wrestling can either make or break, and the promoter can make and break you. You know, it's gonna like you have to have an open mind. You you can't. All egos aside, man, you have to learn, like, at the end of the day, like, you're putting on a performance for the fans, and you're doing what you can, whether you want to be signed, whether you would not want to be signed, whatever the case may be, whether the reason why you're doing this, you have to be open-minded, it's entertainment, it's an entertainment business now, you know? Yeah, I totally get you, and, I mean, at some point, I there is, you know, parts where that isn't always necessarily a thing, like... Yeah. If you at some point you do have to protect your own personality, who you are, and who you are at the ring. Yeah, but, yep, like we talked about that before. Yeah, and and even <clears throat> Mikey every night um, from Daddy Yeah Productions when I interviewed the other day, he goes at any point if you don't like what a promoter's telling him, telling you, you have the right to tell him to go fuck off. But you have to also understand the promoter has the same right to say the same thing to you. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, but shit don't always work out, and if it don't, I mean, there's plenty of places where you can go. Yeah, and the thing is, like, stuff has to make sense. And, like, I know you and I talked about it before, uh, even prior to this interview, that I respect all types of wrestling, whether it be lucha-style, lucha Japanese-strong-style, um, obviously freestyle and grapple, any type, of, any type of wrestling catches can wrestling. And I know everyone wants to get their shit in, but, again, too, it has to make sense. I don't... Like, if I'm wrestling, like I said before, like, if I'm wrestling somebody who weighs 150 pounds and... Oh, you guys are like, oh, how's the match going? Oh, I'm gonna drop kick you. This is the guy saying to me, I'm gonna drop kick you. I dive, you bump out the ring. I dive again, you fall. <laughs> no, doesn't make any sense whatsoever because we dive, I'm gonna punch you right in the fucking face. <laughs> you know, it, it has to, it has to make sense. Have you ever had so? Like, for example, you've seen one person. Oh, sorry, go I was gonna say, have you ever had like a like a small guy that be like, all right, I'm gonna get you up and get you a fucking spinning brain buster? And just, I'm just picturing someone not, that stupid. Not, not to that extent, but I've had my dad with me before because my dad goes on majority of my shows with me, and um, <clears throat> my dad knows the whole deal. He was there when I went to training and all that, and he's seen me talk to guys and certain guys I'm work with. He want to get all this shit in, and I tell him like, it doesn't make any excuse my legs, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, my thing is, let's say the guy's going to win. It's like, dude, you got what you want. You won. That's what you care about is winning. Even though, even though wins and losses doesn't make sense. It's an entertainment business, you know? You're putting on a show. I even told the guy, I'm like, you're winning. Everything you said to me doesn't make any sense. I think about it this way. Um, Stahl Hall, who's raised Ramon, when he wrestled one, two, three kid on Monday Night Raw, he made one, two, three kid, one, two, three kid. Because prior to that, he was a kamikaze kid, lightning kid. Scott Hall beat Shelton the whole match. 
Next, you know, hits turnbuckle. One, two, three. Ken Moonsault. One, two, three. There we go. My thing is you put, you have to tell a story. I don't care what type of match. You have to, you have to somehow tell a story. Whether you win, lose, or draw, the match has to make sense. And if the guy gets a crazy one on me, it's like, boom, oh, my gosh. It's a big pop. The underdog, underdog won. Well, then it also shows for me if I can work with people, you know? And I think people, you know, or maybe even some workers forget that there. sometimes you get more out of that underdog win than you would if you were controlling the majority of a match against a bigger guy because it's showing that you yep. didn't necessarily outmaneuver him, but you might have outsmarted him. Oh, no, 100% correct. And I, this is, I think that's the one thing guys are missing nowadays is that it's it's all it's all about storytelling. Well, again, too, everyone wants to get their shit in, and I know a lot of guys want to be like a lot of these guys on TV. But to remember, these guys worked hard to where they're at, and a lot of them, even if they don't have, even if they don't do it nowadays, they can still put on a twenty-minute match if they wanted to. But I guess to each their own. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm actually going to skip a, a question out of order here because we're just on the subject. But in a time where where we see a lot of promotions that seem to be more focused on catching the eyes of someone more than they are, you know, on anything else like storytelling or things of that nature, why do you feel it's so important to keep some legitimacy in pro wrestling? I guess for me, for my character, it just proves to show you, like, hey, if I really, if I really have to fuck somebody up, I can fuck somebody up because I know when it comes to wrestling, now a lot of individuals or fans. And promoters haven't seen somebody like myself, especially somebody my size, that can move around the ring. Just as I said, for my for my legit character, I'm very passionate on what I do. Whether I'm the very first match, I've said this time and time and again. Whether I'm the first match, last match, main event, bathroom break, doesn't matter. I'm going to make sure that people will understand or recognize who I am and I will get to the top. I know there's been a lot, of, especially when it comes to the Canadian wrestling. The Canadian wrestling is a whole mix of styles. And I remember, I'm pretty sure that you're aware of C4. Yep. Where like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Josh Alexander, Ethan Page, all those guys come from. And I was wrestling at the House of Hardcore Chinlock event. It was a big rumble. It was back in June last year. And Stephen Gibson, the promoter of C4, him and a lot of the guys from C4 wrestling at the event and they saw me actually wrestle then him and I started talking and that's how I got up there um, he said that he, he knew who I was he recognized me before and was pretty certain that he watched me wrestle in person which it, it, it could be it could be true I'm not sure but he's such a great him and uh, Mark that's the other owner of C4 they're both very loyal to me and I don't care what match I'm on the card they always give me an opportunity to perform for the fans I will say the Canadian fans, they remind me like the old school 2CW and ECW crowds are very, they're very appreciative of the style of wrestling, whether it be comedic, hardcore, high-flying, shoot style. They're all passionate through. through. And wrestling at C4 and a lot of these other Canadian promotions, that's, what, that's opened the door for myself for a lot of other companies. Because my goal is, I know you and I talked before, or my goal is to wrestle the best independent promotions because I'm very, I'm a big stickler in the individuals I want to work with and where I want to wrestle. Don't get me wrong, I respect any company that's been around, but 
I'm very, I'm, I treat wrestling as a business, you know, because at the end of the day, to me, this is a business. You're getting, you're getting paid for servicing, providing for the police promoter and the fans and all the wrestlers alike. And I just want to wrestle the best companies with the top talent to get my name out there, my legitimacy, my wrestling ability out there. Like be the next step to getting signed. <clears throat> and which makes total sense. Uh, I got two replies to that. Uh, as you were saying earlier, you know, it doesn't matter what match you are, you're going out hard. And literally, the first time I saw you wrestle, I was like, holy shit, this dude's legit, he's the man. And, I mean, normally, I mean, I love wrestling, and I, I've known a lot of wrestlers, and sometimes it's easy to talk to them, but I had to flag you down. Yeah, yeah. Just to be like, yo, man, you're the real deal, and, and you need to hear it. And like I said, dude, like, I, I think, I know you and I always talk all the time, and this, I'm really appreciative and that's the one thing, too, is like whether it be positive feedback, negative feedback, it's feedback no matter what. And I think that's a problem with a lot of guys is like they take they take too much shit to heart. I think that's what gets a lot of guys in trouble with social media. It's like just ignore what people say. Just work on yourself. Yeah. Unless you're playing a character. Unless you're playing a character, per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're keeping a character. For example, MJF, he get two shits about what people think of him. It's awesome, though, too, because... The way he portrays his character in inside the ring, he does outside the ring, and people get so mad about that. But you know what he's doing? He's working on everybody. He, he's smart what he's doing. He is, and I mean that way. I mean, like you said, he knows about keeping it at work and staying in character and working it right. And there's people. <clears throat> I'm sure there's people he's worked into a shoot because they can't tell the difference. Oh yeah, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, oh, the other thing. Wow, I lost my track of mine. Oh, where you said about being selective of where you work. I mean, that that's not always a negative. Look at Killer Cross. Killer Cross was a guy who was also very protective of, you know, where he worked and who he worked with and what made him look right and what didn't. And look at him now. He's signed to NXT. He's, he is. So, I mean, for some people very, out there. Very, good. That's someone. <laughs> oh, go ahead, man. Yeah, he's definitely someone. No, no, you're fine, man. He's definitely someone I love to work with just because like I'm glad to see him on NXT I, I actually thought he was going to be main, right on the main roster but again too NXT is a main roster to me yeah um, I'm with you I'm just glad that he has that shot opportunity like he did he did perfect he played a great role in Impact Wrestling and obviously his time was done there so he's he's in WWE with his is Scarlett is that his wife or fiance I think fiance I could be wrong <laughs> fiance yeah <laughs> And like, and like she played her character very well. So I'm I'm glad that they both have their op- they both had the opportunity to go in together. You know, so yeah. I mean, I just hope it works out the best for them. Yeah, P- personally, I wanted to see him go to New Japan because I felt like there was so many cool matchups there. But I can't blame a dude for going where where his woman oh, yeah. is. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. You just want to be happy and together. And what else can you ask for in wrestling? Is just being yep. happy. Now. Yep. To, to backtrack a little, when you were first starting out, as you said a couple years ago, who were some people that you know really you know helped you out and, and were big you know big proponents of you? Um, Mark House, who was my original trainer, um, Brian Caden Smith from Defiance, because uh, when Mark ended up getting hurt and he had to retire early, Caden ended up being the the head trainer, so I always get a lot of feedback and help from him. And I know you know who Ben Hami is. <laughs> he was a big proponent who definitely helped me my career. I talked to him all the time. 
he always gave me feedback when it comes to my matches, whether it be before the show, behind the curtain. He is such a great dude. And he's someone that keeps a character going 24-7. But I know him for him being in character, and it's probably killing me for saying this outside of character, but he's definitely someone that's really been a big, big influence on my career. And I only have this just to thank him for everything he's done for me and, and has been able to do for me. Because still to this day, him and I always talk all the time, and he's always been able to help me out and tell me what to do, what not to do. He always coined me as like the new version of Taz, just because my style is how I am in the ring. And I, I just appreciate it. I love that he always took the time to help me out. I think I'm one of the only people, whenever I'm in an Immortal show and he comes out, who cheers. I don't know if I'm not supposed to, because I know sometimes you're not supposed to cheer the heels, <laughs> but I just fucking love him and I can't hide it. And sometimes I get looks, but I'm fine with it. I, I love Ben Hameen. He's I love the character. I love the way he pulls it off. Everything he, he does is gold to me. So I love oh him, Oh, my too. God. <laughs> I remember when um when Immortal, when it was originally Dynasty, when I, fir- when I first met uh. Mike King and Chris Envy. I showed up. We was at the Rome show a couple of years ago to help out with uh, ring crew, show face, and everything. And they actually had me play the role of security. And I was seeing Ben getting people booing him and him like trying to fight the fans, whatever the case may be. And that's the first time I seen him get cheered, cheered. I know, honestly, it's a two CW crowd. I'm like, well, goddamn, what's the first time I seen somebody that's a uh, the the way his character portrays <laughs> that uh, people are going crazy when I was laughing like hey but uh it's good like he's this is the way his character portrays it's him and a uh, Greek god Papadon they do whatever it takes to piss the crowd but obviously too they know what they're doing because you know what happens when it comes uh when it comes to um intermission all fans go up to him oh can I get a five dollar face slap oh can I get your autograph you know, they're, they're wheeling everything in, so they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, by far. And those are two guys who've been around for a long, long time. Yep. So they know they know how to fuck with people, and they do a great job at it. And, oh, I, yeah. and I love just yeah. getting so, so many people pissed off and yelling at him and swearing back at him. And I'm just laughing the whole time. So I'm like, these, these guys are working you so fucking good that it's, yep. just, it's just so fun to watch. All right, man. Um, now... Because of this whole crazy pandemic, which is ruining wrestling for us, oh, yeah. <laughs> what are some of the goals you have once this shit blows over? Well, the still wrestle Shane Taylor. Um, I was supposed to wrestle him weeks ago, but obviously since this whole coronavirus is going on and this whole pandemic, I wasn't able to work with him. And this is the second time that this match has gone, has gone to a screeching halt. Well, screeching halt, and um, I hope that him and I are able to get our match yet because he's someone that I've always talked to for advice, and he's been more than willing and accepting of helping me out. And it's someone that I want to work with that that I can prove, like, hey, I can definitely make the next level because it's Shane Taylor, you know. And people, whether it be positive feedback or negative feedback, Shane, Shane can give two shits, man. He just he does what he needs to do in the ring. If for again someone his size, for his speed and his aggressiveness, he's someone that I enjoy watch that I know that I can have a great match with. Yeah, and he's an underrated guy too. I don't think he gets enough credit that he deserves. 
guys. And I remember too, before him and Keith Lee got signed, they're both tag champions. And can't remember where, but I remember when Keith Lee was getting signed to NXT. I remember Shane turned on him, and it's like you watch both those guys hand in hand. And obviously, Keith Lee's another guy I'd love to work with because working with guys like that 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 shows like, hey, I'm ready for the next level. I'm ready for that opportunity. And I know, I for a fact, when that time comes. I'm going to give it 110%. I'm going, to, I'm going to have my A game. I always have it every time I wrestle, but I'm going to have a little more uh, extra in the tank, I guess you could say. Oh, I totally understand. And, and like, you're a guy, I don't know how familiar you are with Beyond, but uh, for Be- with Beyond's Discovery Gauntlet, you're a guy, to me, who, who would be perfect for that. Because, you know, because it's based on guys where people may not necessarily know them. I mean, you're you're well-known throughout this state. I mean, you work everywhere. You work Capital Region, you know, CNY. You're all the way out in Buffalo for ESW. You're everywhere. But to, like, get you on, you know, live weekly TV, you know, doesn't matter, you know, what the audience size is. Just to have you there, I think, would be awesome. You're not the only one that said that. <laughs> um, when I wrestled, when I did ESW a few months ago, that a couple like hardcore Beyond fans are there, and they love every minute of like the way I portray my character because you know some places I'm a heel, some places I'm a face. The only difference is when I'm a heel, I'm a fucking douchebag. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the crowds and having Father Derek with me. Like there's been a couple times like I know you and I talk prior about almost playing the fans like oh I have a I bring I bring some realism to it. I bring up a lot, little bit of realism and like a little cockiness attitude. And if it's some stuff I do, I'm a prick in the ring. But I throw a little comedic here or there, and like the crowd loves it. I get a lot of praise for my heel work, which I'm very grateful for. Um, I like but yeah, those guys, the guys came up to me like, "Yo, you need beyond, you need beyond beyond." And also, that's another goal of mine is uh, definitely beyond beyond. And uh, I know Drew watched you wrestle once before, and him and I talked, this was probably like a year ago, but um, that's definitely something I would love to be a part of. And I know uh, Dickinson, he was a big fan of my work too, and he's someone I always like talking to. And a lot of people, he always gets some, uh, I guess, negative feedback because of the way his wrestling style is and when he works with women and stuff like that. But you know what? He he brings it, man, and I'm a big fan of his work because he it doesn't matter if it's a male or female, he gives them the same treatment. And the thing is, too, a lot of people, a lot of people want equality in wrestling, and they're all willing to work with them. So it's like it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. But he's definitely someone that's like the main guy at Beyond that I love to work with as well. Oh, I, I love Dickinson. I, I love everything about his style. I love everything about the way he works. I love that he, you know, loves oh, yeah. I love that he loves Kobashi. It's just everything about him. It's just oh, yeah. it's just a positive. And I, I love I've gotten a chance to see him live a couple times and it's one of those things where in person you, you just can't look away. You're hooked. And uh, as I was saying before, someone I would love to see you wrestle is O'Shea Edwards. To me, that was just, just, just. Yep. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I talked to O'Shea afterwards because I, I like, like I talked to him prior, and I um, when I listened to their interview with O'Shea, I thanked him because he's definitely another guy too that he brings his A game. I watched his work before, and him and doing stuff with Ring of Honor. He's another person I love to work with. 
I mean, just, I'm hoping in the near future to wrestle him too as well. As Biggie put it, it's just big meaty men slapping meat, and yeah, yeah. those are the best matches. And you know, today I found out that you can rent the Monster Factory for seven fifty, and if they don't book you guys by the end of the year, I'm going to find a way, and I'm just going to book it because <laughs> it's got to happen. All right, yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank no, you. But no, o- o- O'Shea is a good dude. He is. He's, he's, a, a, he's a real good dude. He's a great guy, and I'm, I'm lucky that he's a friend of mine. Uh, now, would it be cool if I asked you some rapid-fire questions that have nothing to do with pro wrestling? Oh, yeah, man. Go right ahead. All right. What's the worst thing you've ever ate? Oh, worst thing I've ever <laughs> ate? Um can it be uh worst thing I've ever drank or does it have to be worth worst thing I've ever eaten? Oh no, if it's the- Oh no, nope, I know. Nope. Um <clears throat> I know chitlins. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. It's like pigatizes. I yep. have no idea because my dad's from down south, okay? <laughs> my dad grew up in Alabama. Oh god. <laughs> one time we had a, a big ass bucket. I'm like, what the hell is that? So I tried it, vomited everywhere. And he's like, Oh, it's but I know I, I know you've seen my dad before, but he talks like this. Like real southern and all that. Yep. Like it reminds me of Bart T whenever he talks, but like the shit was fucking disgusting. I get hey, that's what he loved, that's what he grew up eating about. I did not like it. It was probably the most disgusting thing I've ever I've ever eaten, and I don't want to offend by like shitlins or anything, you know, but uh <laughs> oh god, it was atrocious. What was the worst thing you ever drank though? Because now I gotta know. <laughs> um spoiled milk. Growing up one of my best friends, uh his uh Dad, they treat me like a family. Is actually one of my, um, one of my best, best, closest friends from wrestling. And everything. His dad owned a store in downtown Syracuse, and we were working in high school. I remember one time I got a big ass cookie. It was a big, big chocolate chip cookie. And I was so happy I devoured <laughs> it. So I opened the fridge, opened up a, a thing of milk, started downing it, started puking the garbage. The milk was spoiled. Oh. And his dad was his dad was like the hell he's like go oh, the back and puke in the back i'm trying to sell his stuff so i'm puking the back where the cameras are throwing up it's really like, what the hell's going on that they were trying i think he said i was like i was sick or something i'm like god damn i'm like whatever but yeah that that's actually happened to me before uh i was going into the fridge in the morning as i was heading for work and i had to take a pill and i was like oh first thing i'll grab it and then i, I felt the chunk and that was it. That was the end. I started throwing up. <laughs> I remember uh, probably last month, month and a half ago, my my current my uh, wife right now, who was my fiance a couple months ago, she um she was smelling the milk car. She's like, I don't think this milk is good. I'm like, it's not. And I checked it there. I saw I'm like, oh shit, this shit is bad. And I was eating or like a whole thing of Oreos prior. <laughs> and like it had a weird taste to it. It was kind of spicy, but it's like, eh, I just kept eating it and drinking the milk afterwards. It's probably, probably that's one of the reasons why my, my stomach was fucked up that day, but yeah. <laughs> it, it happens, man. What's the first, okay. what's the first thing you do when you wake up? Oh God. Um, <clears throat> since we're on, on quarantine, I, I, uh, wake up, go on my, uh, laptop and desktop and get ready for work. This uh, start out the day because I'm a buyer, so when it comes to doing buying, I do stuff with Lockheed Martin. Just go straight in right to work, go through all my emails, do stuff with vendors, uh, look at blueprints of parts, and 
just going from there. But when I have my days off, I usually my, either my wife will wake me up or our dog, and I wake up, look at him, and go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I usually just wake up to start doing my work. So I'm like again, it's 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 unfortunate what's going on in today's world, but I'm fortunate enough to be able to get to be able to do my work from home. Yeah, that is that is a plus. So yeah. All right, this one's uh, a big one to me. Grape or strawberry jelly? Grape. I do the. Uh, what's it? What's the brand called? I know it's Smuckers, the grape and uh, the peanut butter and jelly. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, I can't think of either. Is it? Is it Goobers? Is it Goobers? Yes, Goobers. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you right now. It's probably the hardest thing to find at Wegmans because <laughs> they don't know what the hell you're talking about. You can find it at Walmart and Price Shopper fairly easy. And um, this is a random, random uh, question to answer. But um, you ever have the Rice Krispie Treats uh, cereal? Oh, yeah, which I sometimes think is hard it's, to find. <laughs> it's delicious, isn't it? It is. It's so good. Now, we discontinued the original format. Now, it's Rice Krispie Treats Frosted, which is like uh, sweetened Rice Krispie cereal. Or they have one with little marshmallows, and they're both very disappointing. Oh, that's sad. Because uh, they discontinued the original Rice Krispie Treat cereal, which I think is an atrocity. I didn't even know they did that. I'm, now I'm upset. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's bullshit. Oh, man. But thank you uh, for, for your answer. Great jelly gang for life. Uh, I'm not a strawberry yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. I got this list that I go through, and I'm trying to not do any I've already done before. <laughs> Uh, That's all good, man. If if you got a boat, what would you name it? <laughs> if I got a ball? A boat. Oh, boat. Um, the natural. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. And my last question. What is the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? Oh, creepiest ba- basement I've ever been in. Um, boo, boo, boo. I would say we went to Gettysburg. My fiance and I were big, well, wife and I, sorry. Um, we're big into like ghost hunting, ghost adventures, the paranormal. And we've been to Salem, Gettysburg, and we went to, we went to Gettysburg. We did the ghost tour at night. And um, there was an orphanage. <clears throat> it was like, it's during the war, a lot of the, uh, families that can't afford having their kids anymore. They send them to this orf- orphanage. The kids will get tortured. A lot of them get murdered. We have the older kids murder the, the children. And just a lot of, like, you can feel, like, the negative energy. Just a lot of... It's very uncomfortable. And, yeah, I may be a tough guy or look like a tough guy, but when it comes to ghosts and stuff, I get scared shitless. And when it comes to stuff like that, I uh, I love it. But, again, too, it's it's so... It's just so, like, heart-pounding, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I do. And, and my, my worst fear is I have something pop by, I fucking, <laughs> I scream and piss myself and run through a wall. Yeah. But again, too, I, lo- I love that stuff also, so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, I know um, our old, my old, old house growing up, I remember one time my bedroom was all the way downstairs in the basement. It was like a cool little studio apartment. 
And we had some very, very odd paranormal activity going on, and we always like this, like, uh, ignore it. Thus, I remember one night I was sleeping. Well, it's actually watch TV, I'm sorry. And the door opened. My big ass fucking sprinted up the stairs, <laughs> and I would not sleep in my room ever. And we get weird stuff with, like, flies, like, just flies coming out. Like, some, like stuff from, like, the exorcist, like, flies coming out everywhere. Um, my brother seeing stuff. My brother getting scratches on him. Just some negative energy in the house. Then the other house, my uh, mom and stepdad lived in. I remember one time I opened the garage door. I kid you not, I swear to God, all I hear is, get out. Oh, I God. fucking screamed. <laughs> oh. This was like 21, 22. My big ass screamed like a girl. Waked up my mom like, Mom, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Um, and, like, my wife, she works in medical field. She's a respiratory therapist. So she deals with, like, obviously, like, a lot of breathing treat- treatments. And she's seen people pass away, been in rooms with people pass away and stuff. And it's very sad. And she's had, like, I, like there's been stuff stuff going on in our house. But nothing to the extent where it doesn't bother, bother any of us. Just I ignore everything, but nothing really... No negative energy. This but that's one thing was playing from the one day is uh for someone that somebody say something buy a Ghostbusters pack and start <laughs> shooting up the house. But I remember what I'm heard out of the room and the lights went on by itself. What's about me almost soiling my sheets? Oh <laughs> But we haven't we haven't had anything currently, which I'm glad for. I think obviously we have people watching over us, but Again, to as, as a tough exterior that I have, I and as big as I am with the ghost of the paranormal, the stuff is very scary. Whether people believe it or not, it's like until it happens to you, I guess you could say. Until something happens to you, then you you, you don't understand. I'm I'm totally with you. I've actually seen every episode of, of Ghost Adventures too, and I watch all those shows. <laughs> so I'm I'm in the same boat as you. And uh, the basement that I'm currently sitting in, when we first moved in. All of us thought it was super creepy. None of us could come downstairs. You know, we all felt like something was staring at us, watching at us. But it's also the only room in the house where you can get away and no one's around. So that's why. And, we, that's, and that's where you guys, oh, I'm sorry, and that's where you guys on your challenges and stuff too, right? Yes, yes. That's So So this is oh, where, geez, we, yeah. where we are. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's I'm down here enough or maybe it's because for a while it opened up the door and say, hey, I'm coming down. It's been fine. Yeah, yeah, it's been fine for a couple of years. Yeah, maybe it's like you so you're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I love Ghost Adventures. I love Zach Bagans because he makes Aaron do everything. <laughs> he either makes Aaron, he makes Aaron and Billy do everything. My wife and I, we, we every time <laughs> it's odd, we, we always say that. Oh, like what was the one two weeks ago where they were at that one like weird hillbilly fucking outdoor Halloween thing, and. Aaron was oh, fucking terrible. Yeah, and every time he's like, "Aaron, go do this." It's like I'm not gonna do it. You go fucking do it. Yep. I know. I guess there's a reason why, like, you hear the stories, like Zach has to get his house cleansed like every month. Um, it almost ruined Aaron's marriage. Nick, who was originally on the show, that has his own show. I believe it's his name was Nick. Um, him and his no, Aaron got divorced. I'm sorry. Then Nick and his wife were possessed. Like they bring home a lot of crazy stuff. And again, too, whether people believe it or not, or whether, or whether some of it's staged, which it could be, who knows? They do, they do a really good job. There has and some of the stuff they've been in 
in somebody's place, like we've experienced something, you know, and I I would love to be on their show, but again, too, I'll be the first one running. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm actually excited to watch Portals to Hell tonight, so I, I hope you are, too. <laughs> My wife watches, watches that show. I haven't got a chance to watch it. Now, is that the one where the guy was like a former cop? No, that's where it's Ozzy's kid. Okay, okay. I was getting all confused because we, because a lot, because we also in the room, we have the Travel Channel app, so obviously, you know, there's so much shit on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what to watch, you know? Uh, If you haven't yet, uh, have you watched the Holzer Files? No, I haven't, but I can see if uh, Allie has. I haven't got a chance. That's on that app, too. My wife and I binged that in like two days. That one's really good and creepy. Oh, really? Yeah. Then um, you watch, was it Most Haunted? Yeah. Like the one from the UK? I, th- I think we've caught a few um, of those. I know, like, we watch it. She'll watch on there, um, Tubi TV, because they have, like, the older episodes. Yeah. And um, Amazon Prime, and she'll watch it. Like, we'll let it, we'll let it run, and my dog will watch it. <laughs> Next thing you know, the one lady screams. I'm waking up, like, what the hell's going on? But, yeah, I love all those shows. Because, again, too, whether people think it's, when people think it's real fake stage, I, I love it nonetheless. Yeah, man. Hey, it entertains me. That's all I give a shit about. Mm-hmm. All right, brother. I thank you so much for doing this and being here with me. Uh, you are more than welcome next time you're, you know, in the area, Amsterdam, Johnstown, wherever Immortal has you, to come down and hang out here in my basement. And we'll, Oh, yeah, man. Thank you again. I, I totally appreciate it. And I'm, I'm going to have you on again. I, I know it for sure. Just we got to wait for all this shit to be over. <laughs> Oh yeah, I do it like again too. Like I can't wait. Uh, get back into wrestling and stuff. Because I know, like I know, everyone's missing it. But I can't. I can't wait to be where I left off. You know, again, like with my manager, Father Derek, my tag team partner, TK. You know, it's we have a lot of things planned. In. Just it, it happens to everyone. Everything, everything stops with a screeching halt. Just I hope everyone's happy and healthy, and this we all get through this in like a positive manner. That's uh, that's a great way to put it, man. Thank you so much again. I'll talk to you later, brother. Thank you again, Jake. Bye. Thank you, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That was the natural Nick Sullivan. That was such a fun interview, and it's always weird when you find out you and a, a guy that you like a lot have some weird similar interests like ghost shows. Uh, so thank you everybody for listening shit I forgot to uh, get him to list all his social medias um, when they're posted on Facebook if you follow me you'll find him and uh, just again you can find a lot of his matches if you look hard enough and you don't even look hard enough search Immortal Championship Wrestling on YouTube if you have IWTV um, just search Excite or ESW he's got a few matches on there just, just look out for him because that's the dude who's going to blow up he is a very athletic big man who throws the fuck out of people, no matter their size. And he's a guy to look out for because I know he's going to blow up one day. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Remember to uh, follow, share, like, love. And as always, a shout out to my wonderful wife, Shelby, who puts up with me way more shit than he ha- she has to. And I love all you guys. And I'll talk to you in a couple days.